So riddle me this. What does it take for you to ultimately know that you're ready to take your athleticism, to take your life, to take your business to the next level? I'm Kenny Buller, co-host of Second Floor Podcast. And on the show, we talk about how to survive, how to thrive, and keep the good vibes going in life and business. I bring on Muikai Moromo, successful serial entrepreneur, professional MMA fighter, and someone who actually went through university to ultimately provide you today the information that you need to know in order to be confident in knowing when you're ready to take that leap. This is for anyone out there who is an amateur athlete or who's considering going pro or even take everything they've learned and know exactly when is the time to now apply it and be put on the spotlight. This is for someone who's listening, who has the side hustle, who is thinking constantly about what do I need to do? What, what sort of validation do I need to give myself to know that I'm ready to take the leap? What is the mindset I need to have in order to realize that I now know I have what it takes to actually get paid for the services that I'm providing? Muikai is someone I respect a lot. He's someone whom I've known uh, in the martial arts community in Edmonton for quite some time. And it is a huge pleasure to bring him on board. <laughs> Usually I don't meet anyone who has higher energy than me. Today you guys are going to see that. You're going to feel that. And super excited for you to listen. You know. No, that's so true. It's yeah. like if you have everything set in stone. Like if you're trying to jump out of a plane that you paid maybe 10 bucks for right. in like this beat up little yeah. tiny <laughs> reserve area, you're doing it wrong. You're already, you're yeah. already just asking yeah, for yeah, The risk is through the roof right there. But you know, you got the guy who's been there for 30 years. Right. You got the F-150 jet plane that's yeah. been around. You know, it's reputable. The whole thing, man. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> the, the guy's got a thousand jumps and he puts you in the, in the crazy gear and he walks you through it, you know. And sometimes you can just tell something legitimate, right? So it's like, yeah, once you do it properly, I think uh, I think with anything, once you do it properly, it becomes easier. Yeah, it's like having that, you know, before we officially start. I feel like we're already rolling through. But I'll give Roll, you a, rock and roll, <laughs> man. Let's go. I'll give you a story before we officially start. Yeah, yeah. Um, I won't specifically mention, especially if this ends up going on, because I feel like this is good shit anyway. Great I won't shit. mention who this person is from in case people actually pinpoint the, the actual person who did this. Mm -hmm. But let's just say there's someone in my life who went and jumped out of a plane right. with like 15 of his buddies. Right. So it's a group thing, right? Like, oh, let's all go. Let's go, let's go let's together, let's yeah. Let's all go up there. Even it. more like inclined to do it. There was one buddy yeah. who's scared shitless. Of course there is. There's always one. He was full on like It's probably me like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. What are we doing here? So he gets convinced. He was like, yo, man, come on. Don't be, don't be a puss. Don't be a wussy. Like, just just yeah. get your butt over here. So he signs it. He still isn't really on board. You know, he's getting peer pressured. So he's on this thing. He yep. paid. He paid like 600 bucks to do it. He's in the plane. Right. Everyone's going. He's seeing every single person go. He's, he's jumping every out. Single person yeah. Go. Comes down to him. And the guy who's like pretty much attached to him at that point. Yeah. He's like, okay, you ready to do this thing? <laughs> and he's he's like, he looks down. Yeah. He's like, no, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And the guy's like, you can't back down now. You're not getting yeah, your money we gotta back. You got to jump. Yeah. And he goes, no, 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 no. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. He's like, you got five seconds to, to tell me. I'm giving you one last chance. Yeah. He's like, no, I don't want to do it. He goes back. He gets unlashed. Everyone who went down waited like an hour, bro. They're like, where's, let's call where's him. the guy? Yeah. Let's call him Jeffrey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where's, where's Jeffrey? Jeffrey? Where's Jeffrey? And everyone thought Jeffrey died. <laughs> oh, shit. Right? Everyone's like, where is <laughs> yeah, he? Yeah, because like, where else <laughs> could he be? We can't find him. Yeah, yeah. So Jeffrey ended up staying on the plane. 
It went down. Everyone's like looking for him, and then that walk of shame. Oh guy, man! Like that before walking out, everyone's ah, like, "Are you kidding me? Ah, like you wasted that much money to not dude, go down? Even just the time, the effort. You know what I mean? See, and I think that's the one thing that scares me more than not doing things is the walk of shame, man. Yeah, the walk of shame is scary. Dude. Just do it. Win or just lose, do it. Once right? you're there, like once you're there, do it. Because I remember uh, there was a cat who um. Uh, I was I was cornering him for a fight, and he was winning. He's beating the shit out of the other guy. He's winning the fight, but I don't think just from a lack of experience, he'd never been in a fight where the guy takes his best and doesn't go down because he was beating the life out of this guy, and this guy kept taking it and coming back at him. Wow, yeah. But he was winning, and at the end of the second round, he sits down in between rounds and he says, "I don't want to fight anymore." You know, and I looked at him. I was like. Fuck do you mean you don't want to fight anymore? He says, Well, I'm done, man. End of like, round one? End of round two. It was a three round fight. And he uh, he gave up. He gave up on the stool. And even oh. the guy he was fighting was shocked. Like, oh, I just won this. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, yeah, because I looked at I was like, look at that guy, man. That guy's tired as shit. You know, he's about to break. Like, get on it. You know, yeah, and it's uh, it's one of those walk of shame moments. That's, so it, it seems like exactly the same thing. You yeah. get in there, you go, you go, you know, eighty percent of the way, and then you know, that last twenty percent you give up on it, you know, and it's it's a colossal waste, man. And I find the psychology behind that, yeah. the sad truth behind how it's looked upon externally from yep. others, is they're only going to view that in those last final 20 seconds. Of course. Just like Jeffrey, who jumped out of the plane. Yeah. They're not going to be proud and, and, and able and, and content with him going on that plane. Right. They're not even going to remember it. They're not no, going to remember no this one guy gives, who no, no one cares about that part, man. Two rounds yeah. of war. They're just going to look at, you gave up. Yeah, you gave up. And that's exactly even himself. Like he was never the same after that. He stopped training, stopped doing everything. It's a hard it was a wrap, man. man. I got cantaloupe, by the way. I'm doing a new thing where I'm just gonna start giving fruit. That's just, a good call, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's a great call. There you go, buddy. Yeah, Thank you, man. You get hungry when you talk. You need a little bit of hydration. Yeah. What did you have as a drink? What did you ask for again? When? Uh, instead of the water, do you have that handy somewhere? Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah, there it is. <laughs> trying episode. out the nude vodka. This episode is brought to you by Nude Vodka. I was trying to hide the can, so look, I'm drinking water. But then Kenny over here asked me to pick up the can and talk about it. So here okay, we are. I already noticed. Yeah. You know what I love, bro? Let me let me just make. I should call you call out, Kenny. Just calling people out. <laughs> yeah. Mukai Moromo, right? I'm saying that correctly. Yes. 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 Perfect. So we're rolling in. We're going to start. It's rock and roll, dude. I want to just acknowledge you for a second, man. You're the first person where naturally, even just outside of, you know, you and me being acquaintances and, and yes. just talking and rolling with the punches, literally and figuratively. Of course. You're just able to dive in. I haven't been able to do that once with a single guest Get yet. the fuck out. Yeah. Formally, I'd have to be like, okay, we're just going to start. Yeah, yeah. You're the first person where we pretty much started as soon as you sat down on that. Yeah, trip. man. Shit. It's fantastic. Well, it helps that we're great. We're, 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 we have a lot in common so we can chat. I find a lot of the time it's just that awkwardness of saying, okay, I'm sitting in front of a mic and this guy's about to hit me with some questions. You know, it's like, well, no, dude, you're having a conversation. Totally. And yeah. that's why I wanted to start off by mentioning that there's some commonalities we have. Thank right? you, man. And, yeah. I, and I find there's three things that I know I've experienced, but right. in a sense, you've amplified and you've done certain things in your life that has brought us into this moment to have a chat, right? So when you look at the education you have, Yes, sir. When you look at the experience you have as a fighter and what you've done in the world of martial arts, and then when you combine that with your entrepreneurial spirit, guide me through what was something that you... It's interesting, my man. Shit. 
I see why people get nervous when they talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> you have some serious questions. <laughs> no, it's cool. I like it, man. But no, uh, one thing, uh, resilience. I remember uh, growing up, one thing my dad always kind of hammered into me, and uh, it came back to bite him in the ass, uh, was be the best you can be at whatever it is you're doing. You know, and because uh, I remember as a kid, I used to be like, I was a horrible kid, man. Like my dad used to, he used to like punish me and beat me up and everything. And uh, yeah, it straightened me out. Wow. I, yeah, I think I think I think more dads and parents need to they need to whip the kids, man. It puts kids in in line, man. Yeah. Shit. Anyway, back to what we're talking about. He was like, be the best you can be. Doesn't matter what you're doing, you know. And he was like, uh, hypothetically speaking, say if you're a thief and you stole something. You know, there's thieves who steal like a million dollars and there's thieves who steal like 50 bucks to get the same label. This is a thief, you know? Then there's also, like you said, engineers. You could be like an engineer who like does so-so projects. Or you could be an engineer who does like mega projects, you know, like be the best. Because, you know, uh, uh, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, you know, that's all you have left, whatever it is you're doing, you know, so be the best. So it it always stuck with me. So all of a sudden, whenever I got into something that I found I was passionate about, I would, I would quite literally eliminate everything else and jump in on that. Like, you know, like laser beam focus almost. Yeah. Yeah. So that helped me a lot. You wouldn't half-ass anything. No, not really. No, no. Like uh, I find uh, I do an exploration. So I'll try things. Right where I'll try them openly, where I don't uh, I don't go into it negatively because I realized one thing I learned early because I moved around as a, a lot as a child um, was if you go into things negatively and you don't want to do them, they never turn out well because you go into it with like a, a negative energy, you know. So it's almost like saying you, when when someone doesn't want to do something and you force them, it always ends up being a headache yeah. because they don't want to, you know. So I realized early on myself like listen, uh, uh, sometimes you don't have to want to do what you're about to do. But you can go into it without wanting to or not wanting to. You can just go and explore and say, when this feels wrong, I'll stop. If it feels right, then I'll go. You know? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's one thing I bring in. So I explore, then I do. Do you find you're a very curious person as far as... Too curious, man. Yeah? Yeah, too curious. It gets me in trouble. Well, when you were, you know, when we chatted and you talked about Mukai being in about third, fourth year university and going the academic route, Mm -hmm. what was it about martial arts at that early 20s in that stage of your life that even sparked interest to you uh it was the challenge uh before martial arts uh, i'd always viewed it as something children did you know because this was 2005 when i started Mm -hmm. so back then like you you know uh, uh, the access to information we had compared to now and it's not a long time ago it's about 15 years but i mean the access to information we have now is profound compared to what we had in 2005 and in 2005 martial arts was like something kids did. And if you're an adult doing martial arts, you know, it's like, oh, you're the guy in the karate class. You know, it's like, ah, okay. (laughs) It wasn't like, ah, it wasn't cool anymore. You know what I mean? You're a karate kid. Yeah, and that's what everybody did. Like when you talk martial arts back then, it was like, wah, wah, wah. Are you going to be karate kid for Halloween? Yeah, you know what I mean? That's what people did. But it wasn't because they were were assholes or anything. They didn't know much about it. And as much as they knew was like either in movies or martial arts was available to kids as like a, a, a kind of a, a self-confidence building and kind of a, 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 a remedial type of thing. So that was the same approach I had. So when I first actually got into martial arts, it was because my uncle was doing it. And uh, he was doing uh, Kali, like a screamer, like Filipino martial arts. And the gentleman there is the one who said, you look like a Muay Thai fighter. And I was like, what the, what is Muay Thai? Yeah. He says, you ever watch Kickbox? So I said, I watch Kickboxer, man. Like, with Van Damme. He says, yeah, like, Tong Po, that was a Muay Thai fighter. Yeah. 
And because of my ignorance at the time, I was actually like, oh, well, I don't want to do that. Like, he lost the fan down. Yeah. You know, and he goes, no, dude, that's a movie. Like, Muay Thai is probably the best striking martial art you can do. Yeah. You know, and I was like, no. He says, yeah, man. The only way he got me to do it was because he was like, it's a great workout, and you could make it through a workout. And I didn't make it through a workout. Challenge accepted. Yeah, man. I didn't make it through a workout. And I was like, what the fuck? I can do any kind of workout. Because yeah. at the time, I was NCAA track and field guy, right? So I was like, I could do any of these workouts. you know. And I didn't make it through, man. I remember it was an hour class, and I did like 40 minutes. And I was done. And there were guys who like, and you know you know this yourself. Like once guys do martial arts, some of them don't have the best bodies in the world. They're not necessarily like six-packed out. But when they start working, they can work all like hour and a half of a class and just kill it, yeah. you know? And so I'm in a class with guys like that. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to kill it. These fools are doing that. I'm going to kill it. You know? <laughs> look at me. I'm way back to that. You know? But now like, I'm like, I don't even know how to punch. I look like an idiot. I feel like, oh, man, I feel stupid, you know? It's a different kind of cardio. It's a different kind of cardio, man. It's a different kind of variety. So I got tired of shit. And these all these guys who I thought weren't in as great shape as that, they're killing it. Boom, boom, boom. And they look crisp and clean. I'm like, holy shit, man. Yeah. You know, so it grew me up like instantly. And I was like, oh, man, there's something here. Yeah. You know, so after I didn't know what there was, but I was like, there's definitely something to this. What was what was some of those elements you took from when you were educated? And, yeah. And, well, not, not obviously you're still educated, but when you were going Somewhat. the academic <laughs> route. <laughs> yeah. When, when you were obviously learning how to study, how to actually right, bring right. in certain principles of getting that A in class. Yeah. What were some of those, let's say, skills you took in fighting? Because obviously when you and me spoke, we realized yeah. a lot of people, especially during your upbringing, yeah. they looked at fighting as the one and only thing that's going to make them that bread. 100%. Right? It, there yep. was no alternative. Yeah. For you, fighting was the alternative compared to going the academic route. Right. And and I find that's really neat because for you, Muay Kai, you learned quickly. quickly. I, I feel like far more quicker than one average Joe would learn. Yeah. Yeah. So what were some of those things from school as an academic you learned that you applied directly in a fighting to, to fast in that? To kind of fast track it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I found um, when you look at academia... A lot of people, because they never go the full route, don't understand how uh, at the end of the story, so at the end of it all, most of it becomes one thing. So let's say if you do enough biology, when you get to a certain part of biology, you need to know uh, some mathematics in order to do parts of that biology. And that's the same for physics, same for chemistry. You have to know a high level of mathematics. Because I remember doing like uh, uh, chemistry and physics, you know, trying to figure out, for example you know, uh, uh, the molecular composition of something and it breaks down into a quadratic equation and then you break it down that way. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, if you didn't know a certain level of math, you know, the amount of physics you could do was limited. Same for the chemistry, same for the biology, you know. So in understanding that everything kind of uh, is broken up for us at the beginning so that we can understand it and learn the fundamental uh, 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 building blocks yes, and then they meet up at the top, you know, uh, 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 I was like, okay, so there's a, a, a way of breaking things down to make them digestible uh, uh, and learn them quickly. I understood that from like uh, academia. So when I experienced martial arts, instead of trying to feel like overwhelmed and everything, I was like, okay, what is the quickest way to the top of the mountain with this? You know what I mean? And looking at it, uh, uh, I was like, okay, so all it is is a number of sequences. So you say it's a jab and a cross and a hook and an uppercut. 
you know, from either side. And that's adding, subtracting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, so it's the same context. So as soon as you take, for example, your punches and you turn them into like elements, and for me it was numbers because I was, I was a big math guy. It was like, okay, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six. And even in the class, that's what they called it. One, two, three, you know, so they call them out as numbers. And that's, oh. why, that's why I first made the, the connection. I was like, oh, okay, one, two, three, four, five. So there's only six of these and then they go to the head of the body and that makes 12. Okay, that's simple enough. And same thing with kicks. All of a sudden, because a Muay Thai is very direct, you had your straight kicks, so your teeps, roundhouse kicks, which are more, yeah, and then your knees. And that was pretty much the bulk of what you use because yeah. Thai boxing doesn't do a lot of the turning, jumping kicks, or any of that. Exactly. Exactly. So all of a sudden, I was like, okay, so I have six things up top and six things down bottom, and all of them also apply like top and bottom. So you can hit the head and you can hit the body with those things. So really, I've got 24 things I can work with. You know That's what I mean? Up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was like, okay, well, if you have 24 numbers, because our mathematical system only has 10 numbers, 0 to 9. So I was like, fuck, I got 24. <laughs> you know, so I was thinking like that. So I was like, it's endless what you can do with it. So already I was like, this is crazy. You know, so uh, uh, in treating like math, I was able to put it together a lot quicker and understand the openness of it, you know, just by understanding math, if that makes any sense. Oh, big time. Yeah, so I turned into like a mathematical uh, situation versus a Muay Thai situation because I didn't understand Muay Thai. So as soon as I likened it to math, because I kn I'd done so much math uh, uh, from, from the time I was a kid, it was so simple. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now it was just a matter of repetition. Exactly. Yeah. And I find, wow, that, that's so beautifully explained. Yeah, it was just a matter that. of repetition, yeah. When you look at the system of university, you can start based off of what you said, yep. appreciate why they build it in a way for the first two years you learn a little bit of broad knowledge everything right? yeah you get your electives in you get your social sciences in regardless everything. of what you're doing yeah you get to know who you are a little yes. bit through the courses you figure it out however fundamentally you learn the basics to then declare what your major is going to be right and when you relate that to fighting same way when you get the same guy shit, that man. comes in day one yeah he goes hey uh mukai i want to i want to spar What's the, first, what's the first question you ask someone when you just saw them? They're green. They're fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long will be the sparring class? Yeah, what yeah, do yeah. You ask them or tell them. Well, I usually ask, do you have any experience? Yeah, exactly. Have you done this before? Right. Like, like what makes you think you actually want to spar? 100%. And then from experience, from, yeah. hey, you know what? Why don't you just come to the beginner class? Yeah, I mean, come in and you, try. Who knows? You, you say you have a couple years of experience or it's undeclared. I don't see anything on your resume. Right. Right. I look you up. I, don't, well I can't find you anywhere. Well said. Most people don't right? have a resume. Exactly. Yep. And yep. a resume essentially is the notches in which you're fighting. Right. right. The, that's how much experience do you actually have well said yep. yeah so then now when you look at that person you can then go you know what man hold your horses no problem because yeah. the last thing you want for them to get hurt and then never come right there's that business aspect of yeah it. not even business just on, for them some yeah, people human. like they don't know like some people have had little street fights and scuffles and they think it's the same and it's like well no dude like when a guy who knows how to put their body behind that thing and hit you with it hits you with it totally that's different man 100% man yeah and like that's why I find it's so neat to see how someone such as yourself, because I don't see it a lot, right? right? Like I see someone like KB who does have the academic background. You right. yourself, there's other fighters, I'm sure, but just in my inner circle and in right. Edmonton, you you stand out that way. And it's why you mentioned it so beautifully. Thank where you, man. For any fighter or any person listening, I just recommend that they understand if they do know the basics, if they show that they know the basics. 100%, man. Right? Did, yep. you, did you earn your stripe to then get into that right. advanced striking class? Yeah, and take it at that high level. Yeah, and yeah. then, hey, once you checked off sparring, okay, that's, that's step one. You, pre yep. you predetermined all the things you need to get there. Now, okay, what is it going to take to actually fight? To actually get in and bang it out. That's right. Right? Yeah. It's crazy, man. Yeah, so man. when you look at fighting, fighting. as your bridge right. 
that kind of drew your academic experience to where you're doing now at Edmonton Combat League. Right. What was it that that bridge fighting did for you to now be able to run one of the most successful Muay Thai events in Canada? Uh, what what uh, what was interesting about that was uh, I always thought it was separate, you know, to go. It was it's going to be a completely different thing when I get into business because again, I had no entrepreneur experience, so it was like, ah, let's figure this out. Yeah. Uh, but the same approach, right? Because now it's like I had martial arts background and academic knowledge to deal with. So now instead of having just one language I kind of formally speak, because I, I think about those things as languages as well. So to wow. me, like math is a language, English is a language, physics is a language. That's cool. So I think like, so I was like, okay, I can speak martial arts, you know, and I speak Muay Thai the best, but I can also speak some Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, some wrestling, some boxing. I love that. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. That's, a, that's a nice way of looking at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can speak <laughs> all of that. How fluent are you with wrestling? Exactly, because <laughs> it's, it's, ultimately it's a language. It is. It's, it's an unspoken language, like a body language. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. if I say to you, can you go, you know, double underhook and then drive yes. over, get the double hooks. And yes. Then, you know, then you're like, I see it. But you if you don't, it. if you don't know, you got to practice. Boom, exactly. So yeah. you, yes, I'm totally. glad you put that in there, man. So it's a language. So I was like, okay. I have all this and I have all that. How can I put it together? And I realized, again, it was the same thing. There's certain components that make a business a business versus just a passion. So a passion is usually when you see it a lot in businesses at the beginning where someone will go, man, I think I'm great at this thing. And you go, well, how do I turn it into a business? And usually they just say, well, I'm going to charge people some money to give it to them. And you go, well, that's not really a business. That's providing a service, which is good. That's a good start. But that's not a business. Like a business is like how you provide that service. How do you facilitate the provision of that service? That's the business. You know, and a lot of people kind of, that's the one thing I had to figure out right off the bat was like, okay, what is actually a business versus uh, uh, being a service provider? And that was the toughest bridge to, uh, uh, to kind of overcome because when, let's bring it down to martial arts terms now. It's like saying, what's the difference between a martial artist and a professional fighter? Yeah. You know, professional fighters don't need to know all kinds of martial arts. They need to know enough martial arts to not get themselves hurt and then make it from point A to point B of a fight. That's why you notice some of the UFC champions may not be, if you put them in a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu match, they may not be the best Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu guy. Yeah. You know, and you put them in a straight Muay Thai fight, they, won't, they may not be the best Muay Thai guy. If you put them in a straight boxing fight, a number of separate martial arts, they're not the best at them, but they're great at combining them in a way that works to the point of being able to, to defeat any one of those specialists in an open combat situation. And that's exactly the word I was right? thinking is like they are the MMA fighters, professionals. Are oh, the yeah, kingpin man. of generalists. 100%. Who generalized man. all of it to mix yeah, it man. together to ultimately get their hand raised. Yeah. Compared that's, to someone that's, who's that's just what it is. specialized in yeah. and Yeah. And, and that's, what, that's what taught me like how to, how to create a, a, a great business was you don't have to specialize in being a service provider. You have to know a number of different elements that create a business. Then once you create um, um, the system, then you replace yourself in those uh, specific elements with people who actually are masters of that. So, for example, I'm not great at accounting, but I can do enough accounting to say when I get a great accountant uh, uh, to come into my business and he does my books every year, which is a point I'm at like from like two years ago. Now that guy can just take that and it's, it's not like it's not it's not going to overwhelm me and go, what the? You know, he's going to go, okay, so you've got this in order. This is your business. This is your personal. This is, and it, he just works with it. Now, he takes it to a new level that I can't do. And he starts giving me income statements and all this, you know. But now it's like I knew enough to create the business with those little pillars. So that's what it taught me. Like, okay, a business requires a number of different pillars to support it. 
and then you provide your service to those pillars you know what i mean like how do you and then once you provide that service you know you 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 become a master of it to understand enough of what's happening within your business so for example if you're looking at the bookkeeping you may not understand all of it but you can you can make sense of it to go these numbers don't add up you know or if you're looking at the administrative side of things you say well i'm looking at my analytics here and for the amount of traffic we're getting on our website and what our closing ratio is we should be doing more so where's the breaking point here you know but that way then you can talk to a professional and it goes oh yeah and then he can give you an answer you know and then he can do what he does with it you know what i mean so that's what i realized from martial arts to business was like it's the same uh uh, uh principles wow. just a different application of them and you're just crazy you're so well said <laughs> it was so well said because the entire time you were saying that mugai i kept thinking of imagine we replace the word business owner with the professional MMA fighter yeah it still applies it still applies you took you being the one yeah who was in the cage and who was fighting yep and who was throwing these wild elbows knocking oh, people out left right center right oh. you took yeah you took that and you applied that and okay well now hey i'm still the fighter still the i'm still a fighter but yeah. it's in the realm of business and there's yes. all of these specialists behind me yes. my team yes right my 100%. wrestling coach my jujitsu coach yep. my accountant my marketing strategist there's all of these certain people where i can it's rely exactly on the same yeah right? it's well said man well said I'm, I'm glad you're able to pick up on it because that's the same thing like your wrestling coach is the same as your your marketing guy i love that you know your striking coach is the same as your accountant Yep. You know, your boxing guy is the same as your uh, 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 your, 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 your personal assistant who does all your media. You know, it's all the same stuff. It's just you have to repurpose it into a different uh, box or category, like, you know what I mean, to, uh, to a different name. But it's, it's the same stuff. And, you know, when you're saying all this, man, it, it reminds me so much of, uh, again, I just love this quote. I've yeah. probably already said it yeah. on the show, but it resonates so much, again, with what you say. Yeah. When Steve Jobs says that in the creation of Apple and, and in its existence of getting to where it so successfully is today, yep. Steve Jobs had everything in his mind yep. in terms of where the vision's going, what it's gonna look like. Yep. He essentially, when it came to building this, he wasn't a part of the show. He, was, he wasn't playing an instrument. Right. He was orchestrating. Right. He the was the conductor. Entire, yeah. 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 The entire production. Yeah. He was one leading it. I mean, yeah. he had the person with the cello who's amazing at it, did it for years. Right. The UX designer. He had the other individual, right? Again, the accountant who's just a, a book nerd at the end of the yep. day. Yeah. Who just loves numbers. They knew exactly what to do. It's but again, right. he just knew how to piece it all together. And I, yeah. I see how for you, it's almost. It's a blessing in disguise because you've is. done that with your physicality and with, right. the, with the mindset of a fighter. Yep. And now you're doing it in business. 100%, man. 100%. And it was uh, not to take all the credit because it was a lot of mentorship that helped me with that. Because how I made the... Because uh, sometimes you see things, but you don't understand them fully. How I put the two together was I was sitting with a mentor of mine, Ken Franchek. His name is Kenny, too. Nice. Hey, <laughs> a lot of good Kenny. Kenny! <laughs> <laughs> so we were sitting with him. I remember sitting in his office. And uh, he was giving me a hard time because, uh, like I said, sometimes I don't listen. Mm -hmm. So I was being a bit of a dick. And uh, he sat me down and he's like, what do you think I do in my office all day? You know? And I was like, I don't know, man. Like, fuck, you're a business guy. Do you guys just fuck around? You know? It's like, dude, like, <laughs> business. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But he's like, dude, it's like fighting. Do you know how many times I take the, 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 the figurative fucking hook or the cross or the uppercut off the jaw and I got to get my shit together and stay in the game? 
Like it happens a lot in business. It's, just, it's not a physical blow, but it's it's a blow nonetheless. And I was like, actually, kind of makes sense, you know. So I kind of I, I kind of stopped my joking nonsense because I'm a jovial guy, I like joke around. But I was like, oh wait a minute, it's a nugget. So I kind of sat down and listened. He was like, listen, business and fighting are exactly the same. Now the difference is. Uh, some people have fight experience that they can turn into business experience like you do. Some people don't. They got to learn the hard way. Like some business people get in business without fight experience and they get in a fight and they don't make it. Yeah, well. You know, because they don't have the resilience. It's like, dude, I take fucking punches off the dome every day, kicks, like, but they're not figurative kicks. It's literal. Like sometimes someone will just say, I can't pay you this month and they don't pay you. Yep. Someone who just quit this month, and they just quit. That's a punch. That's like getting hammered in your woozy, you know, and you've got a job that needs to get done, and the guy's gone. You just quit. Yeah. Or some people won't show up for work, and they're not productive, and you got to deal with them because you're still paying them because they sit there for eight hours. They don't do shit, and you got to pay them according to law, but you got to figure out how to do. So I was like, oh, man, that makes so much sense. He goes, yeah, man, I take punches off the jaw all day in here. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, shit. so it helped me get in track. And then that's when I kind of expanded on that. This gentleman is right. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is a fight. It's not a physical fight where I'm going into boardrooms and like getting into fist fights with people to get business. But you got to go in there, stand your ground, be able to, you know, counter whatever questions there. Because really, at the end of the day, I realize in business most times, it seems hostile because you're not used to it. But if I'm trying to provide a service for you and you're asking me questions, we get into a, it's it's almost like a fight, but it's not like a, 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 a street fight where there's malice intent. It's almost like, okay, I need to figure out if you can actually do what I need you to do. Yeah. So I'll go, okay, well, you know, uh, uh, what's your, what's your, what's your, what, uh, what are the KPIs and what you're talking about and how can I, how can I you know, and, and if you don't know certain things, it's like, well, I can't work with this. He doesn't know what KPIs are. KPI you know I mean? being key performance indicator. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean? But if you have no conversation, you can't articulate some of what those things are and how you're going to use those to make sure his business goes to the next level and how you're going to take that information and repackage and re-roll it to make sure this goes that way and then they won't work with you. Yeah, That's a fight of sorts. Because yeah. there's some people who know how to do all those things. They can fight, theoretically, but they haven't practiced doing it, so they can't uh, uh, effectively articulate it to someone they want to sell the service to, an actual fight, so the difference between sparring and fighting, and they don't get the job. But if you ask them how to do it theoretically, they say, yeah, take this, put it here, do this with it, do that, do that, and you get this result. But they can't explain it. You know, so I realized it is just like a fight. I have to train if I'm trying to sell something. I need to train my selling stuff. If I'm trying to do this other thing, I got to train how to do this other thing. If I'm trying to do graphic design, I got to train how to graphic design. You know, so it was exactly like a fight for me. I was like, oh, yeah, I got to train. I got to focus. I got to figure out where I suck and fix it. I need a coach for this. I need a coach for that. Wow, that's mind blowing. Yeah, man. Especially that it's last little fight. bit. You you read my mind. You're 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 all you're obviously really good at articulating things. I'll give you huge credit for that. I try. Thank you. Yeah, because... I blame it on school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got to begin the story, have a little bit of a climax, and end it beautifully. <laughs> but when you when you word it like that, Mukai, it, it it leads me to believe that you got to get your reps in. Mm -hmm. Myself and Omid, we talk about that a lot, and even as people who've been athletes and who've competed we get yep. that 100%. i mean how do you expect to switch gears in a fight when you realize that your striking is not going to work and you're going to have to take this guy down right it's not going to happen unless like you a, drill the double leg takedown do yeah. several times just like man. in your business experience yeah. right where you're only going to be able to do something and make certain decisions if you've done let's say the necessary practice beforehand multiple times multiple times effectively right that's it. where you could rely on that's where that. you get it yeah and and hence why you have certain executives who put in the time yeah right like when you get someone and i find it, it kind of associates going a little bit off a tangent here yep. with let's say the price 
of your product, right. right, or the price of of someone sitting down with you, let's say from a consulting right. realm, like, like your services. Yeah, and someone says, "I want to pick your brain. How much does it cost to sit down with you for an hour, yep. based off of the success you've made in your life? I want right. to emulate that mind." And you go, you know what? And and this is obviously I'm nowhere near this, but let's say eventually, like someone like Gary Vee, yeah, they go thousand dollars an yep. hour video yep. chat. You get one on one time with me. Yep. Obviously, when someone such as Gary Vee, let's say in the UFC realm, that's like the GSP right. of business. Yeah, right? he is the GSP. Anyone else? What's well like, that? Oh man, like yeah, okay, it's worth yeah. it. Yeah, but why it's worth it? Because you've seen that person do what they do so successfully a right. thousand times over. Yep. But then underneath that success, it's what they did even previous to being successful in it. Right. Exactly. It's all the times they weren't put on the spotlight. Yeah. It's what happens as one of my good friends, Karam Sultan. He says this all the time. And he has a whole platform surrounding it yeah. in the dark athletics. Yeah. And he talks about it. And I love it. He he lives by this. Where it's like, it's not what you do in the light. It's what you do in the dark. Oh, in the dark, man. 100%. Right? And, and his yeah. in the dark athletics, again, frames that. Shout out to him. Definitely check it out for anyone listening. I'm going to check it out. I haven't seen it. Yeah, but again, that mindset, yeah. right? Like what you do. And, and to just bring it back to how you worded that. And yeah, how yeah. People need to understand, right? Like even for me, I listen to that and I'm like, yeah, man, like I got to stop getting so carried away with like trying to be a champion in business. Like yeah. I wear like my no. my little middleweight championship belt in business. Like yeah, yeah. that shit takes time. It takes a lot of time, man. I got to get my reps in. You got to get the work in. You know, you got to, I, I think a lot, the problem is um, business is an actual, like quite literally and figuratively is a competition and a fight. Yeah. And, and when you look, start looking at like, books like art of war and all these other things they're actually business manuals if you want to look at them accurately because a lot of the time uh, uh, those principles of war are exactly the same principles of business don't get in over your head don't do things uh, uh that you don't understand you know if you haven't correctly figured out how to actually win don't start you know like just because art of war will say for example if you don't know how to win you're going to win uh half the time you're going to lose half the time so why we bother fighting when you've got 50-50 odds? Those are terrible odds. Gambling your life. You're gambling, you know? And it's like, I was like, oh, that makes total sense. And even in fighting, you know, because I remember telling my students, I always tell my students, listen, you can waste your time doing things or you can do things that you know work. But the problem is a lot of people don't understand that knowing something works and making it work are two different things. And the missing part, like you talked about, is the application and the practice. Because you could say to a guy, and even people... Uh, you see it when people are talking about watching a UFC fight, for example. They'll go, why isn't he getting up? I would just get up. And you say, well, it's not that easy to get up. You know what I mean? Like to you in your mind, you think, oh, this guy's on top of me and punching me. <laughs> yeah, the typical I'm going to fan. stand up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you say, well, it's not that easy. Like he's trying to get up. Like he's not an idiot. He's not, he's not laying there saying, saying, what do I do and getting punched in the face? He's like, how do I get up? And when he makes an attempt to get up, the guy stops him. You know, so the guy is doing multiple things at one time and the other guy is doing multiple things at one time. Now, the difference between getting up and not getting up in a fight situation is if you know more wrestling than the other guy or you know enough wrestling to keep up with the, with the, with the movements. You know, get the underdog, do this, do that, scoot your butt out, scoot your left, scoot your right. And it's all a movement and you count to each other until you stand up or you don't stand up. Yeah. Same thing in business. It's like if you're trying to get the sell... You got to outwork the other guy and not outwork him in a negative way, but you have to be able to get him satisfied with what you're trying to sell him and that you can do it. That's the same thing as trying to get up in a fight, right? Because if you don't think I can do it, but you're, 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 you think I can, but you're like, I'm not sure if he can do it. His resume says he can. His work record says he kind of can 50% of the time because looking at what he does, 50% of the time he delivers, the other 50, he kind of delivers. Now, 
I'm jumping into the major leagues with this guy. I'm going to give him, let's say, $10,000 for this project. I don't want to give him $10,000 if he kind of can deliver. I need him to deliver. You know, so it becomes like the get up part in the MMA. The guy's on top of you and he's going, I don't think we can do this. I don't think, and you got to like, oh, I think I can't do this and stand up and you convince the guy. Prove him wrong. Prove him wrong. And it's the right. same thing because a lot of people have found know their stuff theoretically. They just can't stand up to the test, stand up to the challenge. Yeah. Right. Because like you said, and you made a great example when you talked about knowing and not knowing. Most people I found in a fight situation, and this translated to business in, in such a profound way, they'll be in a fight situation. Right? They're banging it out. Someone will punch them with like a right cross, for example. Boom. And people will go, oh, he punched him with the right cross. Maybe he needs to avoid the right cross. And you go, well, does he know how to avoid a right cross if it's set up a number of different ways? Maybe not. He knows how to avoid a flush right cross by itself. Oh, slip to the side. Block, whatever. But if the guy double jabs, hooks, and then right cross, or fakes the teep, or teeps him, and then right cross, fakes the teep, and Superman punches to the right cross... Who knows if you can defend all those all things? All sorts of different directions. It's all sorts of different things to do a right cross. So if you have a guy who knows how to set up a right cross a million different ways, but then he's got a monster right cross, he's going to nail you with it. But if you've practiced how to defend a right cross four different ways instead of as many as he knows how to deliver, you're going to be in trouble. You know, turn it over on his head, put it into business. If you only know one way to sell your product, what happens when that one way doesn't work? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> You're not going to sell your product. That's why they have a hundred ways of how to deal with rejection. Like yeah. You have to have a bunch one. of them. It's not one. So it's the same thing. You have, if you've trained enough techniques to avoid this punch and block that punch and avoid that one, it's the same thing, you know. Oh, I don't know if you can do this, man. Can you sell this much stuff? Yes, I have. Here's my thing from this other gig. Here's the thing from this other contract. And I drew up this little model to show you how I can sell your things because yeah. I looked at your business and this is your website. I looked at this other website and it told me this is how much traffic you get. And I looked at how much sales you get. So it looks like you convert about 40%. And you go, oh, we're actually 35. It's okay, 35. That's not bad. We can work with that. And if I get you this much traffic and we convert it 35%, it means I could get you $60,000 and you give me that 10. Yeah. See, and I love that you're mentioning that because, yeah. again, from a business owner's perspective, I hope people understand by listening to this that you have to build your case, mm-hmm. right? If, if I'm going to you and I'm saying, hey, I want to do this for you. Yeah. I, I feel like I am able to get let's say, the number of uh, guests to show up at the next Edmonton Combat League, yep. I'm able to double that. I could double and you're like, you. okay, it's all fun and games. You get it. It's all yeah, yeah. fun and games. Yeah. Just say it. Yeah. How are you going to do How it? Do it? Have exactly. you done it before? Exactly. Right? And yeah. then, you know, for anyone listening, and, and this is huge for me, I made that mistake before just saying it. Yeah. Right? And, and then now it's just a matter of, okay, well, earn your stripes. Right? Let's, let's do it once or twice, maybe for free. Let's just let's just go do it for free someone. Free work, let's man. Let's do a nice testimonial. People are afraid of free work, man. Do right? some free work, man. It'll get you busy. And then from there, you now have something. You have something tangible. Yeah. Like, listen, I did it. You let me know what you think. And at the same time, outside of all of that, yep. I think another thing that is, is just unstepped territory we haven't talked about yet is the relationship. 100%. Right? Man. And we know this. This is big. I mean, yep. we could talk politics all day. Yeah. But there's certain people, even in the martial arts world, where they're they're going to do one-on-ones even for free. And yep. they have this like years of depth of knowledge yep, 100%. and an experience. But they're only going to give it to people who they care about because they yep. see that there's a relationship there. Big time. Right? And mm-hmm. if you want to go the route of relationships or anything else, I'm very open for you expressing this. For the person listening, because obviously our audience is a lot of people who are mainly in, in the category of business. And, yes. And they want to turn that side hustle into a business one day. Yeah, yeah. They want to get busy with it. What are some things you feel like they can do to kind of continue practicing to ultimately monetize their passion you know what is something that you find they can work on that's considered practice that that needs to get done yep 
for them to then be like, oh man, I did that. I listened to that. I listened to what Muay Kai said and I'm going to pay for it. Fuck yeah. Well, the biggest thing is learning how to provide your service. I think a lot of people have forgotten that, like you said, you got to do your reps and you got to learn. So what they want to do is they want to actually start getting paid off the hop, right? Which is tricky because yeah, sure, you got to make a living and earn some money, but you have to provide a valuable service as well. That's the difference, right? Because now if you're saying, for example, and this is what a lot of people do. A lot of people will go, I own a camera. All my friends say I take pretty good pictures. So I'm going to start a photography business. I'm going to Google a bunch of photographers, hit them up, see what they charge for photos, and then charge the same thing. It's like, well, you're looking at people who are probably professionals who have been doing it for the last five to ten years. And they've worked their way up from doing it for next to nothing to doing it for uh, $1,500 a session or three thousand bucks a wedding or whatever it is so you can't start there because you're starting uh, at the level of a master you're not a master yet you know so a lot of people and then they get offended and they go well you you pay this this photographer you so that photographer's got an entire online portfolio he showed up with like him and an assistant you know what i mean he had the lights he had his own studio he had all this stuff like you showing up with your little dslr and like two lenses <laughs> And you want me to give you next? Yeah, and you want me to give you fifteen hundred bucks for like two hours of photography? Like, I don't know. I'm not convinced yeah. you can deliver. You know, so I think a lot of people are afraid to actually go and master their craft before they sell it. To say, if you think you're a good photographer, why don't you round up a bunch of friends and family, take a bunch of pictures of them at a really high uh, uh, quality? You know what you think you would be uh, um, putting out into the market. Once you've done that, then you say, listen, if you know anybody who wants this service, once you've done, then you cleaned it up. Tell them I do this. You know, and I'll do it for them for, you know, you figure out what your time is worth. And I think a lot of people haven't figured out what their time is worth. Yeah. You know, and, and they want to charge again what the standard, uh, the industry standard is. It's like, well, you can't charge industry standard. You're not at that level yet. What is your time worth? So if it takes you uh, four hours to do a photo shoot and then another six hours to develop these things, what is an hour of your time worth today? Love that. In that area, in that arena, not as a, you can't say I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lawyer and I make X amount, so I'm gonna pick up a camera and make the same. It's, it's different. Like your actual time that you spend doing this other thing, what is it worth? And once you figure out what it's worth, then charge that. You know what I say? If you're an amateur photographer, you should probably figure out what amateur photographers charge. You know, not what professionals charge, which is prob- which is next to nothing. They charge next. To- so you should start at next to nothing until your work reflects the quality you want to do. So the biggest piece of, of advice I would give is say, go practice your craft for free. Because if you become great at doing something for free, when you monetize it, you become even better and more motivated at it because you're getting paid. You know, and I learned that lesson from martial arts. Because uh, uh, I realized the best martial artists and boxers and everything, they go through an intense amateur career, which is all free work. Yeah. Now you're not doing anything to get paid. Yeah. Like, let's say uh, Lomachenko, he's got hundreds of fights as an amateur. He didn't get paid for those. Now, when you translate to his, his professional career, he'll probably do a fraction. He'll probably do, let's say, 60 or 70 fights as a professional. But he's going to get paid profound money because he made that amateur investment. And that's what people aren't willing to do is to work for free in a controlled environment where they won't get hurt and they won't get beat up. And they don't run the risk of developing a negative opinion or getting you know, kicked out of the market. Because guess what? Once you start charging masterful money, you're going to have to deliver masterful results. And that's how a lot of people get washed out of business because they show up and they say, well, all the other photographers are charging 1500 bucks. I'm going to charge 1500 bucks as well. Somebody believes you, pays you 1500 bucks. They get like $300 worth of work because that's where your level is at. And then yeah. they, they go, this guy sucks. And then you call it a negative review. But it's just someone who hasn't mastered their art and cleaned up their craft yet. 
right? So do the free work, be an amateur. Once you've gone through the amateur, become a contender. Once you're a contender, become a competitor. Once you're a competitor, become a champion, start charging. Yeah. yeah. Associate, let's say, that hidden title that you're able to give yourself mm-hmm. at the moment and know what you're kind of bumping yourself up to. Yeah, like exactly. What you're working towards. improvement you're making. To 100%, that. brother. Right? Yeah. I find there's a lot of people in the beginning, right? Yeah. Like even for us, when we would just try and quantify the amount of time it took Mukai yep. to do a podcast. And not mm-hmm. just do. Like do is just, hey, we're here talking for about an hour. But then outside of that, it's okay. Well, now what are we going to do to put it out there? The time we spend in editing, the time we spend in creating promotions. What's nice is in the beginning, from a business standpoint, that took far longer initially than how much time it takes now. 100%. So again, to kind of bring it back to what you're saying is for yeah. a photographer, if it's taken them 10 hours to edit, and again, they're doing this day after day after day, and then maybe as the time goes on, that time lessens. Yep. They're still kind of confused. They don't know you know, what their pricing should be. They don't know if they should even price yet. Yep. I think just to add to what you said, they should then again look back at how long it's taking right. and realize that, wow, what took me 10 hours before at the beginning to right. edit photos, give it to my, uh, let's say, client yeah, and, yeah. and then have them be satisfied with it, yeah. now it takes me three hours. Right. Then when you realize that you've chopped all your time off in this that short of time to not only provide that service but do it better than you did before, right. 100%. now you know you elevated. Yes. Now, now you know, okay, wow. Right? Same thing for a fighter, I'm right? Good. It's it. the we'll, same stuff. We'll bring it back, yeah. right? It's You're doing stuff. five rounds, right? You got a coach in the inspiring me, like, all right, guys, glove up, shin guards on, headgear. Yeah, We're yeah, going to yeah. do five fives today. Yeah. And you're just like, uh-oh, like you're scared, right? Like maybe <laughs> the course. first time you've ever done it. <laughs> yeah. You're gassed, right? You're, you're in the shower. You're crying. Yeah, you're I remember tired. I was like. It all I was, hurts. I yeah. 16. It like, all hurts. with, uh, yeah, like you know, Mike Scarcello, Stephen Beaumont, right? Yeah. Maybe. And I was yeah, like, I don't want to do this, dude. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I don't want to do this anymore, right? Yeah. You'll cry in the shower, but yeah. then guess what? That's your, that's your that's your moment. You'll be like, yeah, I've got to get back in there. Mm-hmm. When you keep doing it. Keep doing it, man. Get back in there. You'll do five pies and you'll be like, whew. Yeah. I'm ready for another one. And you keep up with the masters. You may not beat them up. But they're not beating you up anymore. Yeah, and that's you know? when you know you're ready. That's when you know you're ready. Exactly. Well said, brother. That's, that's, awesome, a, that's exactly it, man. I love that. Yeah. I want to I wanna ask you, you know, it, it's important to me because I'm very curious about it. Like this is a personal uh, curiosity I have. Oh, is right. you, you get a lot of people in, again, business and martial arts, where they have their team. Mm-hmm. Okay? They have their core four, core however many people, right? Head coach, striking coach, wrestling, whatever it is. Right. And then they're ready to like, make it to the UFC. Yeah. And then you'll get people who'll say, oh man, like, okay, is uh, uh, you ready to now go into, let's say, a different gym, a bigger gym? A bigger are gym, you ready yeah. to build and revamp your team? Yeah. Or are you still going to stick with the people who are with you? Right. Where are you on with that? Even in business where it's like, you feel like you need to like, find a new mentor or like you're going into a new, like talking about what we did where you've elevated, you're at that step now. Right. Do you need to rebuild your team or can you still see success and still being with the same team? Like it's, it's a very debatable topic. It's debatable. I just want to know it's where debatable. you personally Yeah, stand. yeah, yeah. Uh, in my opinion, I'd say it's a mixture of both. Um, you need a great team that can uh, keep you sharp. And then uh, once you get to a certain level, you need uh, uh, another team if you don't have it. Because sometimes you have it where you are. And if you don't have it, you need another team. That'll get you ready for the kind of battle you're getting in. So uh, when I say that, it's like if you find you have a great striking gym, there's no need to go and, uh, and, and change that 
for a fight against a striker. Yeah. You know what I mean? You do the same things, but you augment the, the, the necessary uh, facets. Okay, make sure your ground game is tight because maybe this guy might want to strike and bang. And then if I can't take, if he can't beat me with the hands, he's going to try and take me down, which is a great strategy. So I need to make sure my ground game is still nice. Yeah. But my striking team is primarily a striking team, so we stay in here. You know, stay there. But all of a sudden, if your coach is, let's say, one of the best kickboxers in the country, and you're fighting one of the best wrestlers in the country, you should probably stick with your coach but find a wrestling coach who can kind of mimic what you're going to face. You know, so I think it's, it's, it's important to, be pre to know what you're coming up against and then be ready for it, which is one of those things that most people don't, uh, they don't, they don't um, put enough time into, right? So find out what, you, what, what, what you're coming up against. And that's, that's the hardest part because it's like a lot of people uh, 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 don't want to pursue the negative, Right, because I remember I learned this lesson in martial arts, because I was a Muay Thai guy and I was kicking the crap out of everyone in the beginning. First three fights undefeated, just running through them, and then I fought a sick wrestler, one of the best wrestlers in 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 uh, in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in my weight division at the time in Canada, and immediately I hit him with a leg kick, boom! And first thing he did was scoop right in, gave me a double leg, put me on my ass. You know what I mean? Right away. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's first thing, instinctively. Like, Whoa, yeah, and I never trained with anybody that good of a wrestler i mean sometimes i did but not enough so i knew what to do uh to a certain level you know do this do that and i was able to to kind of sweep him and go on top you were playing his game at that exactly point. but I, to me i'm like okay i'm on top let me rain down this thunder <laughs> yeah. and he put me in a triangle choke and before i knew it i was like Gah! i'm like holy shit i can't breathe i had to tap out that was my fourth fight i lost via triangle choke right i was like holy shit what the yeah, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, because I You're didn't know, huh? You're just dumbfounded. Of course, because I didn't know that 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 uh, transitional element of going from wrestling to BJJ and then flowing through a number of submissions, and you know, you, uh, this guy goes out of this submission. What what other? You know, I didn't know that. You know, and I, it, it's a tough time. It's a tough thing to run into in the heat of battle because I've seen it happen to a lot of people, but I never thought it would happen to me at that point. And from that point on, I, ch I totally changed the way I trained. But it's 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 interesting to because what happens is you freeze. And then you don't know what to do. But everything is happening at such a high level of, of intensity and speed that you don't have time to actually rationally think. Your mind is looking in your, 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 your directory for what to do and it's not there. Because yeah. guess what? You've never seen a triangle choke. You've never seen a guy transition from a kimura into this, into that. You've never seen it. It's on foreign territory. It's, it's foreign territory. So as far as you're concerned, the guy's holding your arm. It's not a submission attempt. You're just like, oh, he's got my arm. Let me do this. You know, you make one wrong move and it's cracked. And you're like, holy shit, that hurts. You come out of that and you're like, okay, that was close. Boom, you're in a triangle choke. And you're like, holy shit, like, yeah. how did this happen? Like, I was trying to get out of this and then he's already yeah, he's, there. Yeah, he's in that, yeah. you know. And now you're stuck and before you know it, because you don't know what to deal with. Okay, okay alleviate the pressure, do this, posture up, pull his hips and start. You don't know any of that. You just like, you start to struggle and then lo and behold, he's cinched the thing in and you're done. You're on survivor mode. At that exactly, point. you know, and, and I realize it's like you have to know what to do. Yeah, you know, well. and that's usually the biggest problem is people don't find out what they suck at and add it into what they have. So uh, uh, to kind of answer the question more directly, um, a mixture of both is good. You have to know what you're going up against and then go prepare for it. Yeah. Yeah. So when you need to find outside help, get it. When you don't need to, don't get it because it's a waste of time. That's fantastic. Yeah. That, that's a really good way of, of, of answering that. Yeah. And uh, as well, understanding what the game plan looks like. Mm -hmm. Right? That, that's huge. And so, like, everyone's favorite question to ask, what's your game plan? What are you doing? What does your camp look oh, 100%, like? 100%, right? man. You, you really put that in a beautiful way and just saying, you know what? If there's something they do that they specialize in, yeah. know how to combat it. You have to deal with that first. Yeah. That's, that's going to be your biggest problem, right? It's like, 
it's like the reason let's say like a gsp was hard to beat was because he was able to uh to learn enough knowledge to be able to a master of different things based on how he trains for that 12 to 8 weeks that was all it is if he needed to be a takedown guy in the supreme wrestle he'd become that he was able to out wrestle like a joss koscheck but if he needed to be a striker yeah he'd become that as well and he knocked a couple guys out you know so that that's that's the difference between great fighters you know, and 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 mediocre fighters, they know how to bring in the elements they need and when not to go outside for outside help. Because yeah. sometimes, you know, you might say, "Oh, I'm fighting in the UFC now. I should go to a bigger camp." Well, why? You know, more importantly, who do you know there? You know, are you going to run into people who are going to say, "Oh, this kid's in the UFC. I need to earn my stripes off of him," and they're going to go hard on you at the wrong time? You know, who knows what you're running yourself point. into? You know what I mean? Exactly. And then people don't consider that. You know, because I've seen people do that where they. They, they make it to a, a significantly higher level of competition. Then they go to another gym where they don't have a, a, the comfort level. They don't have a great coach. They don't have the same level of training partners. You're dealing with hostile training partners. They're not hostile because they hate you, but they don't know who you are. Yeah. You know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. You're a stranger. So why am I going to be supremely kind to you or show up and train with you during off times or anything? If I don't know you like that. And I find for anyone who's ever competed in any martial art, and I find this goes for any sport in general, yeah. is like, we all know what it feels and felt like when you walk into a gym. Of new, course. Or there's a guy a that guy walks, walks into, into the gym. gym new, yeah. And either they're going to go super hard to try and prove themselves, or they're going to go so light and they're going to sneak up on you over the days and they're yeah, going to yeah, go back yeah. level. Like, it's a... It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's awkward little transitional phase, you know? And then, uh, uh, because, and, and then now imagine doing that at the high level. Like, this is all you're doing and you, you're, you're, you're doing this to get like a, a $30,000 payday and now you don't know these people and one of them might kick you in the knee and now you can't fight. Yeah. It's so tricky, right? So I, th- I think it's, it's important to, to, to get the people who you know can help you and then, and then be clear about what you're doing. And it, you know what? It just speaks volumes when, when you put it that way because there's... This element of realizing that who got you, who helped you who got get you? Exactly. there That's in the important, first man. place. Yeah. And now when you're there, when you got a taste of fame, when you got this sense of, you know, getting your hand raised multiple times, yeah. well, look back on who your team is. 100%, right? man. A uh, huge shout out to the guys over at LSS with, you know, KB and Tyler oh, yeah. Bozer and those guys. Where, like you look them, at look at their coaches with yeah. with Jeff and you look at Kedro and like those guys have cultivated that. And they a do a great damn good there. job where, you know, great Tanner's now, you know, he's had a couple fights on the UFC, but he's yeah. still there. He's, he's still with the there. squad. Yeah. And I think that's just beautiful to see. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 great. And it's it's one of those things where he should stay with those guys. And even if he 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 makes a jump to another camp temporarily, he needs those guys in his corner when he fights because they know him the best. You know, another guy who may have coached you for the last eight weeks won't know how you react in a combat situation. You know, where you may look hurt to other people, the guys who know you will be like, okay, he's getting ready to kill, you know? And other guys may throw in the towel, they may give you the wrong advice. Oh, man, pull back, do this. And whereas the guy who knows you be like, okay, yeah. you're awake now. Yeah. Let's jump in and put this and that together and let's do it. And then you go and you do it and it works, you know? Yeah. So there's something to be said about people who know you well. And I'll give you, <laughs> it's really personal and it's yeah, neat yeah. because it goes back to when KB got his hand raised when he won the, the middleweight title, right? This was his last fight. Sick fight. And yeah, it was amazing. And I was commentating that fight. Sick I fight. was in the corner there and this was after a while, especially yes, when KB brought his reign back to, to you know, fighting full-time professionally. Yep. And Kedro's right there beside me and it's like, this was voiced out the third round, the fourth round, very specifically the fifth round. Right. And I just kept hearing Kedro say this one thing. Yeah. And mind you, going back to what you said, 
that chemistry you build with your coach oh, and even someone man. who knows you, who knows you even this yeah. one word that ends up getting said will translate on a whole other level. Everything, man. Because you know what it means. You know how yeah. much that means. Yeah. Kedro just keeps saying to KB while he's like, you know, popping out that jab and being very careful, right, right. you know, to like keep the distance. And he's just like, KB, discipline. Discipline, KB. Right, 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 right. Discipline, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But KB knew. Yeah, they both what know what that it means. word. Meant. Everyone else would know. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I mean, anyone can take that in any context yeah. they like. But KB knew that. Okay, discipline. Yeah. I Between stay the sharp. two of them, yeah. I gotta, I gotta keep my distance. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. My, 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 coach sees it from a whole other lens. Right, right. And, ooh, I just felt like it was a movie moment, yeah, right? Like, man. and just everyone in the background. But again, that just backs up your reason. Hundred percent, man. That synergy is important. Like, and, and even your coach. When you come back with some new skills, he could actually figure out how to make them better. Oh, shit. This guy's got a great uppercut now. Let's use uppercut to left hook combos. Let's use this. Let's do different setups now. You know, for the things you're good at. You got great knees. Now you can do uppercuts as well. Get in here. Move around. Let's mix it up. Let's do some more boxing. It's, it's so profound when someone knows you, right? So definitely, I think you should be able to take things where you, you can get them. But to bring them back home, man. Stay with your crew. Love that, man. Yeah. It's, you know, to, to bring it back to the other flip of the coin. For me, it's really tough. Uh, it's something that I'm still trying to work on yeah. is assigning someone or something as a mentor and then figuring out, okay, well, if someone's a mentor in the capacity of the space of, you know, optimizing my business and me as a person, right. what, what do I need to check off the box? And obviously, like, in a martial arts setting, it's very easy. You walk in the dojo, there's coach, there's yeah, mentor. Yeah, the main guy. It's so easy to just <laughs> yeah. determine who that is, right? Yeah. And in a business setting, just from your perspective, you already talked about having a mentor. Yeah, yeah. You know, for other people, maybe similar in my shoes, Moikai, who struggle to like, I don't know, ask or find or search for that. What are some things that you find were important or are important to ask yourself? Yeah. Or even someone you're about to consider right. a mentor in your life when it when it's really now going to be on that deeper level for your life and business? Uh, you have to be, it, it's, all, it's all a deep dive into your weaknesses. Like, what do you suck at? Uh, what's different is a lot of people, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of people like, to, yeah, what are you bad at, you know? And then go find the guy who can help you with that. And and secondly, because there's two main things, what do you suck at? What do you need help with? Who is on a similar journey to you? You know what I mean? Who's the guy you want to be at a certain age? So you say, for example, when you're 50, who do you want to be? And you find a guy like that, you know, he'll probably get you there. Because if you want to be like him, he'll know what the journey looks like from wherever you are. Let's say you're 28 and you want to be like this guy at 50. If you find the right guy, he'll get you there at 50. You just have to listen to the guy because he's been through a similar uh, 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 journey. The problem is a lot of the time it's hard to admit you suck at something. Yeah. Right? Because then it's like you, you, you run the risk of going into a negative space. Right, because now you can, if you if you admit you suck at something, then you can you you run the risk of saying, "Man, I'm a loser at this," and then getting stuck in the negative cycle versus saying, "Man, I need someone who knows how they're doing in like business administration because I provide a great service, but I'm not able to effectively articulate that and then monetize it. But the service is great, and I feel like I'm undercharging. Find a guy who did exactly what you did, who's like. 10 years ahead of you and talk to that guy and say, man, as well, you'll probably tell you like, listen, man, these clients are losers or you're a loser because you're doing this. But I find the toughest thing is most people don't want to get, uh, uh, they don't want to take a beating. 
right? Because yeah. I get the most growth when I get a beating from my mentors. Like I have a mentor. I've got two great mentors, three actually. My dad's one of them. My dad's like my life mentor. That That's guy's awesome. a, yeah, he's a savage, dude. Yeah. But like, you know, but my other mentors, like business mentors, I've got like a business slash life mentor and then uh, a straight business mentor. And they're all great guys. But what I like about them, they'll have an element of what I'm looking for. You know what I mean? And I, I, and I, I talk and deal with them within the capacity of that element. Now, uh, one of my mentors, for example, he's helped me straighten out my life because you'll look at your life and you'll go, listen, below a certain point, these two areas don't interconnect. But when you pass a certain level, they'll merge and then you have to have the right people in that part as well. So it's like talking about life partners, for example. Like one of my, one of my mentors talks about that a lot because he goes, listen, there's a certain level where who you're, you're, you're spending a lot of your time with or who you're dating, who you're married to, it doesn't really matter. But if you pass a certain level, in your professional career, you now need to be with the right person. Yeah. Otherwise, that's good, you know. And that's a hard, that's an impossible lesson to learn because sometimes people are stuck in, in thinking that you know be, your life partner is supposed to be this based on this other thing that you learned when you were, let's say fifteen, but now you're like thirty, you know, and you haven't refreshed that knowledge. You still believe in like what you learned when you're fifteen, like yeah. oh, be in love. There and is no growth. There. There's no growth there, you know. So if you're still chasing the kind of partner or the kind of things that excited you when you're 15 and you're 30, that's problematic. And usually it's a mentorship problem where somebody hasn't gone listen for the kind of things you're trying to go for. You have to get rid of that and this and this because they won't work, you know. So it's like find find out what you suck at, and find your problem areas. Then find people who are good at those things, or find someone who's where you want to be in a certain time period, and 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 ask them to help. Yeah, and nine times out of ten they'll help you. Because I remember one of my business mentors, he was he looked at me and he says, "I don't think you can do it, man." <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, dude." You're, he says, "You're a loser, man." And and I was like, "What the fuck do you mean I'm a loser?" <laughs> and he goes, "No, I don't mean like you're a loser. Like, and this is this was one thing I didn't understand until I talked to him. You know, so everybody get a fucking mentor. I didn't understand that being a loser is relative to your potential. It's not like a, a, a ubiquitous race with everyone. It's like saying if you." As you, as, K, uh, as Kenny, if you right now could be doing something more productive, but you're not doing it uh, 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 for, for, uh, for a good reason. Like, you know, you know, you could say, oh, I could be at work right now. You say, well, this is coronavirus thing and work is close. I can't be at work right now. Yeah. That's a great reason. But if you're not at work today because you felt like sitting at home and fucking around and playing PlayStation or something, then you're being a loser today. Now, you're not necessarily a loser. Good-looking guy, you're tall, you're handsome, you've got a lot going on. Yeah. But you can be a loser within the spectrum of who you are and what you could be. Yeah. You know, and I had to learn that from a mentor to go, listen, uh, you could do what you're doing right now for the rest of your life and live a great life. You know, and nobody would question you about it. But you know who would know you didn't do as much as you could? Like, you would know. Yeah. Because you know you, this is not as much as you can do. So you're being a loser right now. And you reframed how to look at things. You know, like, oh, fuck, I'm being a bit of a loser. You know? That is... A yeah, really good yeah. point. That's a really, I'm just in awe because it makes me realize that if you consider it an L where you feel like a loser, I feel like the moment that feeling comes in, yeah. that's when you should start looking at it as an opportunity to know you to can grow. start somewhere. Yeah. To do so. Exactly. Right? To be like, hey, I feel like this. And then your mentor comes in and is like, great. Now yeah. you know it needs to be fixed. Yeah, and then fix it. Right? And he can help you fix it too. If you lost and got taken down and you felt like a loser and you did lose, well, now yeah. you know what needs to be fixed. Still. It's, it's, it's the same thing in a fight It's the same position. This. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's exactly the same as fighting. It's awesome. Because yeah. then you realize, you, you recognize. And I find, you know, when ego gets in the way and you go, oh, no. And you don't want to face stuff, it. You don't want to face it. But when you come to 
face value and face to face with it man it needs to be fixed and it's like you know it's your partner in life everything all of that everything they tell you because they are with you yeah for a majority amount of time and until you face it and go okay you know what i do i do have to fix this yeah you're right this is stemming from these problems or problem i've had that i'm not addressing until now exactly leading into relationships everything else man Everything else, you know, so it was, yeah, like, like mentorship is important, man. And, and yeah, like get the right person, uh, address your weaknesses, you know, uh, uh, you have to attack your weaknesses, man. And you have to get into a deep conversation with yourself about what, what you're missing, you know, and, and these are all elements I learned in fighting because I remember I was, I was like, I was, I was, I was like, uh, 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 I was like North American, uh, level type of, you know, ass kicking machine. It was great as a Muay Thai guy. And I always avoided MMA uh, under the disguise of saying, I don't like all that wrestling nonsense, man. <laughs> I'm good with just yeah. my specialty. And I was like, well, I don't even want to get on the ground. That's stupid. But the truth uh, I wasn't confronting was I wasn't good at it. It was foreign to me. That's, that's why I didn't do it. That was the real truth. Until eventually, you know, uh, I decided just like, you know what, man? I was honest with myself. I was like, the only reason I don't do it is because I suck at it. You know? And, and even then I was like, and what good are you as a fighter? If you can't fight in all uh, 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 of the, the possible elements that could come. Like, uh, I'm a great Muay Thai fighter, but what happens if a guy was to throw me on the ground? Because in, in, in that particular scenario, in every kind of, uh, 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 you know, element I'd learned, they stand you back up. You yeah. sweep a guy, boom, fight stops. And I was like, what if a guy in a fight was able to fall on top of me and he kind of knew how to stay there? He wasn't the best grappler in the world, but he kind of knew to go, okay, if the yeah. guy tries to scooch out, just... Pull his hips back in and throw a punch. Yeah. You know? What if he knows that much? He doesn't know, like, submissions, but he knows to go. He's moving to the left. Go that way and punch. He's yeah. moving to the right. Go that way and punch. <laughs> I'd be in a shitload of trouble, man. Yeah. Especially if there's no one there to say, hey, get off of him and help me. <laughs> you put him in my corner. Yeah, you know what I mean? Where's my mentor? <laughs> yeah, none of that, you know? So I looked at it. I was like, yeah, I guess I have to confront this MMA thing. And I got into it, you know? And I love that. At yeah. the end of the day, when you realize that you can have the whole team behind your back, and it's why I love independent sports at the end of the day you have a team behind your back you have everyone who got you to where you are but at the end of the day it's up to you to make that mm-hmm. change it's up to you to overcome that adversity fight, fight man. get in there get your hands dirty yeah right and it's the same in business mind you because at the end of the day especially when you want to be an entrepreneur it all falls in your head because really like the difference between an entrepreneur and an employee an entrepreneur is in charge of all things employee just they, they get they deal with what they're delegated with they specialize, right? So it comes back to what we're talking about, specialization. They specialize. So you say, okay, this guy's the best graphic designer and I run an ad agency. So I need the best graphic designer. Just sit there and all he does is graphic design. I need a copywriter. All he does is copywriting. I need, you know, and you get your elements. But those guys, for example, don't actually, if he had to find graphic design work for himself, he wouldn't know how to get it uh, uh, consistently enough to make a living out of it, yeah. right? And that's really what an entrepreneur is to go, okay, how, how can I get enough to make a living out of this? You know, how can I do enough marketing and provide enough work and do enough of this and do enough of that to balance it all out, make a living out of it, right? And that's that's, that's ultimately what 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 like fighting taught me, like single combat sports, was like you can have a team to get you ready for things, but at the end of the day, it falls in your head. Yeah, can you piece it? Can you piece it together? Because the striking coach can teach you all the Muay Thai in the world, but if you don't do it, it's not gonna help you. 
you know so it, 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 in becoming an entrepreneur that that was a very important step because i realized like okay listen you have to get these things done you know now i, I may not have done them to the fullest uh, capacity in the past you know but that's where the life lessons came in because now it was like sometimes i look at it and i go that didn't go too well you know i was like yeah but like it's like a sparring day where you get caught a bunch you know, and you get take a couple more punches than you usually do. And you go, oh, man, my punch defense sucks today. What was different today? And you say, oh, that guy's a great boxer. You know, he's yeah. not trying to set up his kicks with his hands. He's trying to punch you in the face. Yeah. It's a different kind of approach. So it's like, oh, i got to clean up my boxing. You yeah. know, so an MMA fighter, actually, I did a lot of boxing and a lot of grappling, wrestling, BJJ, yeah. and a lot of Muay Thai. Yeah. You know, so uh, but as a result, my punching got better. So I could actually box with boxers. I wouldn't beat them up. But my whole point wasn't to beat them up. It was to keep up with them. Say, if I could do five rounds with a great boxer, come out of it unscathed, I took some hit. I took some heat, but I'm not hurt. Anyone who can't box at that level is going to be in trouble with my hands. Never mind when the kicks and the knees and the elbows coming from the back end. You know? And then it translated into entrepreneurship. If you can sell anything, how can you have a hard time selling something you love and you know everything about? And that's why I moved into Edmonton Combat League now because I was like, you know, I love Muay Thai. I love it as a sport. And what do I think is missing uh, uh, in the market? Amateur competition. There's not enough of it because everybody just wants to, even MMA, everyone wants to become a professional fighter. They want to get that money, you know. But then the problem in MMA is people go, well, we don't get paid much at the beginning. It's like, well, yeah, because you don't have much of a background either. Like there was a point in time where a lot of MMA fighters would have had like, less than a year of actual training and competition behind them, you know? So they'd come in and do okay, but anytime any one of those type of fighters met a guy with a deep background, for example, someone did Taekwondo since they were like 15, so they know how to kick and they know uh, uh, basic distancing. Then they did some BJJ and they've done a couple BJJ tournaments, so they know how to aggressively grapple. Then they wrestled a little bit in high school, so they know how to control, uh, uh, you know, staying on their feet or getting back. Those guys would always win, you know, because they had the amateur background and enough of those disciplines to, to know what to do. Oh, I'm on the ground. Do this. Push his head here. Stand up. I'm standing on my feet. Okay, let me punch and kick. You they know? can adjust. And they can Every adjust. Every little yeah, single Because section. they've been there in, 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 in some capacity, so they know it. You know? So that's what's like, okay, with this amateur combat league thing, I got to start as an amateur promotion because that's what's missing. A place where these guys can actually get in there and figure out how to do it so that when they start demanding money for it, they look great. You know, and they can go here. I did a bunch of fights here and here and here. And my amateur record is 12 and 2. And I've got five knockouts and a couple of these titles. Here's my highlight reel. And the guy will go, okay, I'll give you like 1,500 bucks. You know, and they make great money for their first fight versus showing up and saying, oh, I want to fight. And I've trained at this gym for the last six years. And uh, what do you have to show? Oh, nothing yet. This is going to be my first like actual outing. Like, I'm going to give you 200 bucks. Like, yeah. you take it or you leave it. Because yeah. guess what? There's a million guys like that who want to fight. But an actual contender, not a lot, right? Yeah. No, I love that, man. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a great way of showcasing the, the reality, the, oh, the actual, let's say, true grit of what it takes to, to do all of that. Like for someone to man. hear that and understand that, okay, I, I do need to learn. I do need to do have all to of these elements have to in order learn. to get there, yeah. right? And, and you're, I want to acknowledge you again, Muikai, for... For providing a service that is is so niche initially for amateurs yeah. in the Muay Thai space yeah. to feel it out, hundred percent, man, there, bang it out, make yeah. themselves feel like they got feel the spotlight it. on them, yeah. To then decide, okay, am I can doing I do this? this? Yeah, you am know, going in this? am I going in this? You know, right? and that's really what it's about. Like, because once you make that decision, and you know, you know, if 
I find everybody knows what they need to do. The problem is they don't have enough information to make the right decision. So when people come into the gym saying, I want to be a professional fighter off the hop, they haven't been given the right amount of information. So far, they've seen the good side. I'm on television. I'm kicking ass. I'm winning. I've got some money. I've got some girls, whatever it is. They see that and they like it. Yeah. But because they haven't been in an in-gym environment for the last six years, they don't know what it takes to get there. They think you just go learn how to punch and kick and you go kick and you go fight some people and you win. It's like, not at all. It works. Yeah, they don't see everything yeah, else everything. that you need to do to yeah, get there. To get there. But now, how, how I made the connection was when you talk about being a, a, a someone who goes and gets a, a paid minimum wage, it's impossible to get paid minimum wage, for example, if you haven't done a... a, a a requisite amount of learning. You can read and write. You can count. You can, you know what I mean? The yeah. basics. So if you haven't done, that's why you notice in our society, people under a certain age just don't work. It's not because <laughs> we're biased against it, because they don't have enough information and quali qualifications to do uh, basic services. Yeah. You know? So uh, And people always miss joining the dots. It's like, listen, uh, uh, when you talk about kindergarten and junior high school and high school, before you even get to university, those are prerequisites to be able to do the bare minimum in life. People may look and say, oh, why do we do quadratic equations and Pythagoras, this and that? It's like, well, it's not, it's not because it's, it's, they want you to do dumb shit. It's because when you've learned those things, you'll know enough uh, uh, to be able to make the right decision to go to the next step. Yeah. You may not like quadratic equations and everything, so you're not going to do something mathematically inclined. You know, but you know it because guess what? At some point in time, you're going to have to add up three or four things that don't that that don't quite add up, and there's going to be a missing variable. And you call that x when you do quadratic equations, yeah. and you got to figure out what x is. Yeah. You can do that in life when you have the theoretical knowledge for mathematics. You know, and people do it naturally; they just don't make the connection. They go, "I didn't use any of this shit," and you go, "You can you can do like eight hours of work and know that you make." 20 bucks an hour, so at eight hours of work, that's about $160. So you can look at that and go, I should have $160 on this thing. That's because you did enough math at a certain level. And then you see the gaps, right? Yeah. Like, you know, as we come closer to the to the end of the show here, yeah, yeah. You, you really see, if I need to, let's say, make double what I'm making now, mm -hmm. and I see someone who's doing a job that represents that, and I'm here. Yep. And along the way, before I was here, I got the degree. I got two years of industry experience. Yep. Well, now what do I need to fill to get to, to let's get say, there, that yep. point? What blocks do I need to add? Yep. That's where simply you look at the qualifications. You look at, okay, this I need this many years. I need to know exactly. how to do a strategy according to branding. I need to know 100%. some element of you know SAP consulting in the cloud-based software system right. to become a tech consultant. 100%. That's it. Yeah, yeah, but then yeah. again, you got to see, again, going back to like finding a mentor, finding yeah. people who are senior to you yeah. who can then kind of can, adjust and tell you, right. here's what you have. Fill in the gaps for you. Have. Here's what you got to do. Here's the certification you could do online to bridge yes, that gap. Exactly. Right? And yep. same thing, like business, fighting. It's just it's awesome the same thing, how man. you yeah. can see all that. It's the same, dude. And you that's and, and that's that's really some of the message. Uh, that's the, really the message I try to push. Because even when I teach guys, uh, I try and figure out what they do. So I have like realtors, for example. One of my one of my top students is a realtor. Uh, was in, he's in real estate. He's not necessarily a realtor. He does private management now. And... He got martial arts to a certain degree, but when I took it and related it to how what he actually does for a living, he like skyrocketed, you know? Because to him, punching a guy was just punching a guy. And I was like, dude, when you sell a house, do you just sell a house? Like, do you just show up and say, it's $100,000, <laughs> give it to me now. And the guy goes, okay, and gives it to you. Yeah. He goes, fuck no, like it takes time. I got to do this and I got to do that and I got to do that and I got to do that. 
said, well, how do you expect to punch a guy in the face who's trained not to get punched in the face, trained to punch you anytime you try to punch him, and, and, and he's trying to do the same thing to you? How do you expect that you're just going to show up and do this and hit him in the face? And he goes, well, I guess. And when you put it like that, I go, dude, your jabs and, and, and your setups, those are your, 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 your other elements that you use. Like when you're trying to sell a guy for, uh, let's say, $125,000 just for an easy number to work with. Do you start at 125? He goes, well, no, I start like a little bit higher than we work down. I said, okay, so if you want to punch a guy with the right hand, why do you start with the right? <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and he goes, oh, you know, and you can see the bounce click. Yeah, he's like, oh, I get yeah, it. I get it. And I go, exactly. So if you want to punch him with the right, why don't you show him all the other things besides the right? So that now he's like, and then you hit him with the right. Yeah. And he cool. goes, that makes sense. And I go, what do you call that? And he goes, well, selling. I go, exactly. So sell him the attack. And just out of that conversation, I saw him go like, boom, yeah. you know, he took off. Like, you know, because now all of a sudden he was like thinking uh, 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 martial arts and what he understood. He's right? looking at it strategically now. Strategically. He's not just throwing punches. He's not just throwing shit. He's exactly. hoping one thing lands. Yeah. He's, he's putting, and, and it made more sense to him because I simply had equated to something he understood at a high level, right? Because now all of a sudden he's applying it all the same way. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah, okay, well. And I remember one time we're talking about saying, well, after you, even after you get the commitment for the guy to say, I'm buying this house, is it sold? He goes, well, no, dude, like, you still have to get approved and this, and we got to look at the house and do like inspections and do all these things. I was like, exactly. So just because you can hit a guy with the right hand doesn't mean you're winning a fight. You got to do a bunch more. There's way more work to be done. This you is know? why I know you're such a class act, man. You're, you're <laughs> able to look at someone and be like, what do you do again? What, what is your life outside of this? Okay, let me piece it together. Let me make yeah, this have Let me sense make you understand you. it. And, right? and you got it, dude. Like, the guy's a killer now. He's solid. You know, send him anywhere. He puts it together. That's class. You know, and he's not even a professional fighter or has a high-level amateur background. He did, like, one amateur fight, but he didn't need to do anymore because guess what? He did a fight. He lost all the weight to do it. Now, and, and, but, and this is what's important. Uh, I remember talking to him, and I said, well, he, he, was, he, was, he was a bigger guy. And I said to him, he, he was like, I don't lift weights because, you know, I just fight. And I was like, I looked at him, I was like, I can tell you don't lift weights. I see it. <laughs> you know? And I it, it hit him. I, yeah, I was like, I can tell you don't lift weights. <laughs> don't and it hit him, me. you know? And then he started working out more, and he got a trainer and everything. And then uh, I was like, dude, let's fight. Let's do it at 180 pounds. I think it was 220 pounds at the time. So this guy actually, from the time I met him, lost about 60 to 70 pounds. Did a fight. You know, he lost a fight. So is this a realtor? Yeah, that? yeah. He's a, he's a, oh, he's a, he's a real guy. guy. That's awesome. Same guy. Wow. And uh, he lost a fuck ton of weight, you know, and then he did. He lost the fight, though. But that wasn't a point. After losing that fight, his weight stayed down. He was in great shape. His confidence went through the roof. Yeah. He was able to teach all these other kids all the elements of fighting. And he actually became an instructor at, at the gym I used to own. And, you know, so just that one experience, wow. getting ready for one fight that he lost. He didn't ever fight again because he never really wanted to. But the experience taught him so many profound life lessons. It changed his life. You know, and that's really what martial arts does when you, when you engage with it. I love that. Man. It was phenomenal. Dude. I love that. I love it. It's one of my it's, it's it's one of my favorite stories. As we come to the conclusion here, I swear I could talk to you all day, brother. It's awesome. It. I want to know. We ask every guest this, yeah, yeah. and I want to ask you is essentially based off everything you said. If there's yep. anything that you haven't mentioned any other way, or you want to repeat it. Now would be the chance, based off of this question I have for you. Right, right. What is your definition of what it takes to be on the second floor? And what we mean by that is metaphorically, right. right? When it comes to the reason why we wanted you on the show, the mm -hmm. reason why we find your whole thought process right. is, is so interesting. Thank because you, Because you look at life as 
progression. It is progression. You are someone 100%. I acknowledge you tenfold, where you've taken every piece of your life yeah. and you see how it all relates to one another. It does. Even when you're coaching someone, yeah. you're going to the extent of realizing other components of themselves that's going to make them understand. Yeah. So from your perspective now in this framework, yeah. what is it, Muikai, that you find someone needs to know and to understand in order for them to take it to the next level? Uh, you have to be willing to go through... Uh, uh, the 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 first floor to get to the second floor yeah i like that yeah so most people don't want to go to the second floor to the first floor they want to go right to the second floor so even if you got in an elevator at the ground floor you would have to start there and get in the elevator at the ground floor to get to the second floor and i find that's what a lot of people don't want to go through they want to start at the second floor right yeah yeah and it's the same as we talk about when we're talking about uh, being being a service provider. A lot of people will go, I want to do this and start there. And it's like, well, it's not where you start, you know, because even in life, we don't start as adults and just get in there and start working. You, start as a kid. <laughs> you know, so it's like to get to the second floor, you have to be willing to earn your dues and work your way through the first floor effectively and get to the second floor. Like a video game. I remember I did a talk like and I, I used a video game analogy. The only way to succeed in the second floor is to bring all the knowledge you gained in the first floor. Because once you get to the second floor, you know enough to never need to go down to the first floor. You can only start from the second floor now. You know? So you're, you're, you're set. It's like saying people who win the lottery, they usually go broke in a short time because they don't know how to deal with that much money. Yeah. Whereas when a guy earns even just a million dollars over the course of X amount of time, he knows how to make a million dollars now. So even if he lost it all, he could turn on to make it all again because he knows the formula and he's also experienced the formula. It's easy to do, you know, and that's get into the second floor. It's like you have to get through the first, master the first floor so that even if you fall, you know, from the third floor to the second floor, you know, you'd be able to stand up and not need to go to the first floor. Yeah. And you start at the second floor. You built that base. You've, you have the foundation built already, you know, so go through the first floor. And the thing is, you need to figure out what your first floor is. And most people can't tell you what it is. You have to get in there and dive deep and figure out what it is and then master that shit. Before you build the stairs, baby. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> dude. And once you once you get to the second floor, it's going to be a lot of fun. Love it, man. Oh, yeah. That's fantastic. a lot of fun on the second floor. <laughs> well, my man, I I've had a lot of fun with hey, you on the second thank floor, brother. You, man. <laughs> I love being on the second floor. I want to know, brother, for everyone who's listening to this, who's yeah, yeah. You know, taking notes, taking mental notes, who yeah, yeah. appreciated the time you've had with thank us. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me. Where can we connect with you where can our audience potentially connect with you or, or find you or or continue following your journey in life? uh get at me on instagram man mukai underscore maromo you know I'm, I'm open to questions hit me up ask me anything i'm always down to answer uh if you ask me a stupid question i'll hit you with some bullshit answers so don't ask stupid <laughs> questions <laughs> like yeah. not even reply not even reply yeah i'm not no, i'll reply i reply with some gnarly shit man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't do stupid questions yes. <laughs> people say there's nothing they are stupid Stupid question. Yeah, Don't ask him. You know, so yeah, Muka, at, that's the best way. At you're going to be scared now. Be you're going to see typing and then you're going to be like, why did yeah. it disappear? You're going to see typing? Yeah. <laughs> I hope so because you know, a lot of people wasted their own time by asking stupid questions. Man. <laughs> they I think we got to do a whole other episode on that. Yeah, we should, man. <laughs> Hell yeah. But yeah, at Mukai Maromo, M U K A I underscore M A R O M O. Awesome, brother. You know what? It's been a fantastic time. Thank you, man. You on here, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, to wrap it up, we like to always say, uh, this has been a huge pleasure to have Muikai Moromo on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, as we always do, we talk about how to survive, how to thrive, 
and keep the good vibes going in life and business. Yes, I love it. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. That's a wrap, man. Boom.